Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, ladies? It's episode three of the Revenge Body Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about something that's not fat loss related or metabolism related or any of that stuff related. Today, I'm going to talk about traits of a high caliber man. And a reason why I want to talk about this is these are traits that I want you to strive to find um, in a man, in your partner. And the cool bar- part about this is a lot of these you can embody yourself and also you know, become that person that you want to attract if you're single. And I'm also going to talk about some red flags to be on the lookout for. And, and I want to put out a disclaimer that I am not a therapist. I've been through a hell of a lot of therapy, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert. I'm not a dating expert. In fact, I think that the reason why I know a lot of shit about this subject is because of all the mistakes I've made and all the wrong stuff I've done. And I say wrong, you know, the universe makes no mistakes. We are who we are because of all of our decisions. And I don't regret a single decision because it made me made me who I am. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the credits and the debits. But because I've made so many mistakes, because I'm a person who makes decisions with conviction and, and without much thought put into it, I have been able to, you know, accumulate a great deal of decisions. And some of those were not so in alignment with, with what was best for me. I've made, a lot, I've made a lot of mistakes. We'll just put it that way. And because of that, I, I've, I've gained data and I've gained knowledge. And also because I've, I've done a lot of self-work, a lot of self-work. And I don't mean like guru, guru land self-work where you're like, I'm healing. I'm actually on a healing journey. I'm on a healing journey where I'm just Every single day, I just, I meditate, I sip chamomile and I just, you know, I burn some sage and I, I'm just on a healing. No, not like that. I mean, like actually doing the fucking work and I, I've, I've done a lot of work. I've done the dirty work of healing, uh, where it hurts, you know, it hurts. It's painful. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. It's making new decisions when you used to make the old decision a thousand times in a row, you know, I've done a lot of behavior modification. That's what I'm here to help you to do. Again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional. I'm just going to speak from my experience and talk about high caliber man traits because I used to have none of these and now I have a bunch of them. So here we go. High caliber man doesn't look at porn every day. Let's just start there. Let's rip off the bandaid. There's a lot of studies and data and I could go, I'm I'm probably going to do another episode just on porn alone, but the mind of an integrated man does not involve porn. It doesn't. So, you know, we we have data, we have evidence to show the deterioration of the brain. Go to yourbrainonporn.com. That's a real website with PubMed data to show how the brain changes in a negative way with habitual porn users. Now, I'm not talking... We, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here because it's multi-layered. And it's going to trigger some people when I say don't look at porn because they're like, what's wrong with porn? Men will cling to porn like it's... A fuck the fucking holy grail because they're so attached to it and, and the dopamine hit they get from it and they just don't realize it. They don't realize how deep they're in, right? It's a, it's designed for you to become addicted to it. It's designed to become fast tracked. There's an algorithm. It shows you progressively more and more extreme shit. So you get more and more attached and the old shit doesn't arouse you anymore. And then your real relationships go to shit and reality isn't good enough. You need the fantasy land, right? Some of y'all are listening to this with your husband right now. Some of you all are listening to this with him and he's hearing this and he's starting to sweat because he knows he's in it. He knows he's in it. And that's okay because today you change. Anyway, 
pornography. Uh, so how do you know if your if your partner's watching porn? Well, ask him. <laughs> ask him. See, watch his body language. You know, I'm not. And look, I'm not telling anybody to listen to this episode and then go interrogate your husband. That's not what I'm saying. But have an honest, open, healthy conversation about it. Just come come from a curious place. Like, hey, I'm curious. What do you think about pornography? You know. And and if he gets defensive, if he starts really really fidgeting, if he like gets all like you know weird about it, then something might be going on. Again, don't judge him yet. Don't judge him yet. Maybe he he struggles with it. And you don't know. Maybe he is it's already trying to stop, which is great, right? You want to support. But uh, again, this is my opinion, y'all. If you love porn, well, yeah, do your thing. It, I've seen it destroy lives. That's all I want. That's all I want to say. And it's something that I'm much better equipped to talk to my son about because of my experiences with overcoming. You know, that kind of thing. So how do you know? Besides having the conversation, I'm going to give you this. You just do with it what you want. The Instagram Explore page shows you what you habitually view. Okay. Now, it's not going to show porn on there. But what it will show is what he has been looking at and what you've been looking at on social media, on the Internet. It's linked to your Internet browser as well. So, you know, there's a bunch of half-naked women on there. And I know what he's been looking at. Right. And again, like we're not here to crucify him. We're here to be curious and understand what role that's playing in the kind of life that your partner wants to lead. Right. So I'm just giving you some some knowledge here. That's all. So let's have a look at that. You know, high caliber men don't look at porn. That's my that is my opinion. Okay. now, again, I want to distinguish when I say don't look at porn. I don't mean. I don't mean compulsively. Right. I mean, they don't look at it compulsively. They don't look at it every single day. It's not taking time away from their work or their their manageability of their life. Just put it that way. If it's not taking away from the manageability of someone's life. Sure. Whatever. And that's and that's up for interpretation as well. It's very subjective. It's a very broad topic that I'm talking about right now. And then I could do a whole episode on it. But for now, we're just going to leave it at that. Okay. In a marriage, in a monogamous, monogamous relationship, intimacy is much better cultivated without pornography. And some couples watch pornography together, and it's a thing they do. If that help, how, helps you establish intimacy, awesome, great, whatever. I'm all – fly your freak flag. But for the most part, it's hard to establish intimacy with a partner, and you know your relationship hinges on intimacy and communication, right? Let's, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush here. Your relationship hinges long-term on your ability to cultivate emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, and communication, safe communication, vulnerable communication. Right. So speaking from experience, it's really hard to be super into the person you're with if you're always fantasizing about other women. And that's not even mentioning how it makes your partner feel. You know, a good majority of the women that I talk to are bothered if their partner is habitually fantasizing or noticing or pointing out other women's bodies that are different from your own. It, and and I know I would I would like if Katie was constantly like fantasizing about other men and their bodies and like showing me men like Jason Momoa who like, you know, like, Hey, this is what I'm, I'm into. And like, that's not me. Then that would, you know, that would, that would strike up some insufficiency for me, you know, thankfully she's into your boy, but I digress, you know, it's just something to think about, right? Relationships are about intimacy and, and, and sometimes men can't separate sex from intimacy. They're two different things. Sex is the act. Sex is the connection, but intimacy, intimacy is vulnerability and honesty and freedom, right? Intimacy is being seen and heard. Intimacy is just full expression, no reservations, 
comfort with another person because you feel so safe, you know, as your authentic self, not as anything but that. No posturing, no pleasing, no pretending, just yourself. That's intimacy, man. And it's it's invaluable. Coming from somebody who had no idea what the fuck intimacy was and now having it, oh boy, there's no comparison. And you can't have that when you're fantasizing about other shit, other women, other people, you know? Constantly, in my opinion, just my opinion. Hey, what do I know? Anyway, so that's number one. Number two, high caliber men take ownership, man. They take ownership. They take ownership of everything in their life. They don't make excuses. They don't play the victim. They look at everything in their life as a reflection of themselves. They don't spend time arguing on the internet with strangers. They don't spend time bitching about politics or the news, which is designed to make you bitch, by the way. They don't spend time in indecision, right? They make decisions because they're convicted. And that comes from knowing who you are. I'll get to that in a sec, but they take ownership. And that means viewing every circumstance in your life as a mirror of your internal beliefs, right? Who's he hang out with? Is he hang out with a bunch of, you know, I don't want to say losers, but people who are not where he wants to be. If you're in, if you're the smartest, most successful person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Right. So basically, and I'm not saying your man has to be some arbitrary metric of success here. I'm not saying he has to be wealthy, he has to be all these things, right? Because success can be quantified in different ways. And money definitely doesn't make you happy. But does he take ownership? Does he take responsibility? And that can mean anything from the circumstances in his life to his health to conflict with you. Does he take, does he take ownership of the things that he does? Do you take ownership? This is a two-way street, by the way. Ownership. It's simultaneously so difficult, but so freeing. It's so freeing when you start taking responsibility for shit because now you dictate your outcome. Your outcome isn't dictated by other things, other people. If you have no one to blame but yourself, then guess what? You're the problem and you're also the solution. It's internal. Does he take ownership? Another one. Is he, is he, is his health a concern? <laughs> Is his health important to him? Now, I'm going to say this, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. Men have no excuse not to be in shape. You don't. You have no no excuse. And in shape can mean different things for different people. So I'll just say men have no excuse to not be overweight. Here's why. We're born with more lean body mass. Lean body mass is muscle tissue, and it makes you burn more calories at rest. So for a woman, you have less lean body mass, so you have to – this is why couples always sabotage each other with eating habits because a man can eat a lot more and not be in a caloric surplus than a woman. A woman who burns, you know, 1800 calories at rest is at more risk for gaining body fat than a man who burns 2700 calories at, at rest or 2200 calories even, right? Your basal metabolic rate is higher as a male. You have more testosterone. It takes a lot more for a man to gain weight body fat wise. Right. It takes, a, it takes a lot more calories, meaning you, you got to try harder to be fat as a man than a woman does. A woman, and this is based on my experience working with thousands of them, a woman doesn't have much wiggle room in their caloric intake before body fat starts accumulating. Right. It's harder. It's, it's much more difficult as a woman. I mean, aside from the hormonal fluctuations from, from menstruation every month and childbirth and pre-menopause, menopause, post-menopause, all the hormonal struggles that women deal with, men don't deal with. 
So if your partner is not motivated to at least maintain some semblance of healthiness, that's a that's an issue because that's going to that's going to by osmosis rub off on you. And you're neither one of you is going to be successful in your health journey if if one of you is constantly sabotaging the other. And for men, that means not eating a bunch of bullshit in front of your wife or girlfriend. You know, I talk to a lot of women and a lot of times investing in our program comes down to I got to talk to my husband. I got to talk to my partner, you know, and that's, I respect that. That's fine. I would have to do the same thing, right? If I was going to make a, a financial decision, but let's, let's reverse the roles for a sec. If your husband or boyfriend came to you and they're like, baby, I am so insecure. I'm so insecure with my, with my shirt off. I don't feel good, you know, shirtless. I, I, I don't like how I'm looking. I want to be more confident. I'm going to invest in this successful coaching program to help me make a difference in that. And so I can be my best for you. Do you support me? I'm willing to bet your answer would be a resounding yes. So why is it that we struggle with the other way around? You know, why is it that so many men are unsupportive? And I think that comes down to a lot of things, you know, insecurity or perhaps not being familiar with with what you're trying to invest in. There's a lot of things, but just always kind of do that role reversal when it comes to the just the genuine general support, right? So let's talk about another thing. I'm just throwing I'm, – I'm, I don't write these out, by the way. I don't prepare. I just kind of go off the cuff here. Um. Let's talk about objectification of other women, right? And it kind of ties in with the porn thing. A high caliber partner, in my opinion, is not objectifying other women constantly. Now, there is a lot of nuance here. For example, noticing someone is attractive is natural and normal. Even acknowledging that someone is attractive. Oh, that's a, that's a attractive person, you know? Sometimes that doesn't sit right, but that's normal. That's, that's, that it would be naive. It would be super unrealistic to say that we should never find anyone attractive. And it would also be naive to, not acknowledge that men are hardwired to notice attractive women. We are. Now, what we can control is what we do with that, right? There's a, there's a difference between noticing and obsessing and objectifying. It's a respect thing, I think, in a monogamous relationship, right? It, it's it's okay to notice. It's okay to acknowledge. It's all good. And if you can do it as a, as a couple, awesome. I think that's a really healthy place to be in where you can be like, oh, man, that dude's got some great calves, or man, that guy's attractive. Or wow, that woman really has a great body. She works hard. You know, she works hard. That's, that's hard work. That's cool, right? You can both do that and have security. You know, that's awesome. I think that's an ideal place to be. Now, where it becomes unhealthy is number one, if he's a, a, like compulsively obsessing constantly and like looking at it on his social media, looking at it on the internet, looking at it elsewhere, and and what that creates is a, a fantasy world where real life isn't is no longer pleasing or acceptable, and he has to go fantasize elsewhere. Right. And again, this is applicable. This is two way street. If you're sitting there, you know, fantasizing about Jason Momoa and Tom Hardy, you know, both at once while he's, you know, while you're intimate, then that's a problem, too. So, you know, take ownership of this as well, ladies. But it happens more often with men. And I just there's a difference between noticing and obsessing. So the other unhealthy part of it is if you bring it up to him. And, and again, whenever you bring something up that you've heard on this podcast, please don't do it in an aggressive or cornering type of way. Do it in a healthy way. Do it in a curious way. Just say, hey, I'm, I'm curious. I want to I want to check this out. Like, you know, do you ever what do you think about fantasizing about other women? Or what do you think about, you know, objectifying other women? Like, what does that mean to you in a relationship? And just have a conversation. Please don't make it a fight. Try not to. Sometimes it's hard. Actually, it's, it's usually a very uncomfortable conversation, but look at it as an opportunity for growth. Look at it as an opportunity to have a conversation that brings you both together. You know, that's what that's what I want. That's what's ideal. But if he gets super defensive and he invalidates your feelings or brushes it off or doesn't want to talk about it, that's kind of a red flag. You know, that's kind of a red flag. Another thing 
when you're dating or when you're like trying to field men, what's their relationship like with, for instance, like how do they speak about their exes? If, if there's a, and this is another one that goes both ways, by the way, if they're, if they never take ownership for anything that resulted in the ending of any of their relationships, like if they're always blaming the other person, they're always speaking ill of the other person, this especially applies if they have a baby mama. Okay. How they speak about their exes is important. If they're like, Oh, all of my exes were crazy. Look, every time you ask about someone like, Oh, that, that, that bitch was crazy. I hope they don't say bitch, but they say that man, that, that girl was crazy. You know, she did this, 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 this. Well, you know, there's two people in relationships and a common denominator in all those ending is you, right? And some people aren't willing to point that finger at themselves and it and it causes trouble down the road. I'm speaking from experience here. Okay. I used to be that guy. I used to I used to blame all my problems on other people. And it led to an unfulfilling life that was filled with damaged, unsuccessful relationships. Like in you know, damaged, damaged relationships. And and so you have to take ownership. Ownership. It goes back to ownership, right? What role did he play in those relationships ending, right? What role did he play? And if he has a baby mama like myself, how does he speak about the mother of his child? What kind of relationship does he try to cultivate with her? Because that's the example that his children will follow. If he has sons, then they will treat women like he treats their mother. If he has daughters, they will try to – they will likely be attracted to men that treat his – that treat them like he treats their mother. So that's important, right? You A red flag is if he is constantly talking shit about the mother of his children or about his exes all the time. You know, that's not a healthy trait. We live in a world of unhealed men, unhealed people. I don't want to say just men. We live in a world of a lot of unhealed people. I used to be one of them. I'm still healing. It's a, it's a journey, you know, it's a journey. But um, I think that all high caliber men, this is a big one, by the way. I think that all high caliber men, integral men, integrated men are invested in self-work therapy. This might be the biggest one. So listen up to this one. I think that integrated men are invested in their therapy. Men are so afraid of therapy. It's like men would, I'm, as a man, I can say this, men would eat dog shit if it increased their performance in any category by 1%. If, if, if like, if men could add one inch of girth, to their thangalang, they would 100% each dog shit if it did that. They'd be like, oh, hell yeah, serve it up on a platter. I will eat that dog shit right now. That makes my dick bigger and hang hang lower. And yet, doing therapy is like, oh, well, that's for crazy people, right? <laughs> no, man. That's why, like, oh, therapy. And look, I used to think like that. I used to think like that up until about two and a half years ago when my life hit the I should hit the fan in my life. I was at rock bottom because of the behaviors I, I was exhibiting and couldn't figure out why, you know, it took a third party, a professional to help me gain the tools of awareness and help me learn where those came from. An integrated man values self-work. I'm not saying he's got to go to therapy. I think therapy is extremely important. I think therapy is performance enhancement. That's all I look at it as becoming self-aware is a superpower. And so if you frame it that way, maybe he'll be more open to it, but you know, patterns of behavior that are damaging in relationships, it likely can't be solved without a third party helping. It, it just, it's just really, it's really hard. It's hard to become aware of things. You don't know what you don't know, you know? And so therapy isn't about telling a stranger, you know, stuff that makes you feel crazy. And then them like 
prying you apart and examining you like they're dissecting a pig. It's about becoming more mindful of stuff that's bringing unmanageability to your life. And it's helping you gain some choice in your behavior. You know, the stuff that you do, like running away from fights, gaslighting, getting defensive, manipulation, you know, things that I was doing, manipulation and and gaslighting and the narcissism, you know, a lot of people think that narcissists don't ever change. I would disagree with that. I think, well, obviously it depends on the person, but the biggest factor is, are they willing to do the work consistently over time? Okay. And that's hard. That's hard. It's easy to say you want to change. It's another thing to actually do it and, and put, put it into action put reps in over time. And I think the biggest people, biggest reason why men fear therapy is because they know they have to confront themselves. And a lot of men are just running from themselves perpetually. Everywhere you go, there you are, you know, you can't run forever. Right. Um, And when we run from people, we're just really running from ourselves. When we run from connection, we're running from ourselves. You know, I decided to stop running. So I'm a huge advocate of therapy and self-work. And what does self-work look like? Well, It's just about practicing presence, practicing mindfulness and putting the things that you learn in therapy into practice every day, knowing that it's a process that doesn't reveal the results overnight. I think that was the biggest thing for me is like when I was clawing myself out of that dark hole I was in, those results didn't happen immediately, you know, and I slipped into the old behavior several times. Because it was something I was so conditioned to doing, you know, we, we live in our conditioned selves so much. So much of our life is just on autopilot if we don't if we don't become mindful and start making an effort to become present. And so the other part of it is digging into behaviors that are damaging your life and digging into the choices you're making and, and examining yourself with a magnifying glass. It's painful. It hurts. It hurts to understand, man, I, I do this because I was bullied as a child or man, I do this because I used to fight with my mom. And now I fight with all my partners, man. I used to, I I have this need to build my life around avoiding the pain that I felt from my dad, not paying me attention. I feel insignificant. So I do X, Y, Z to feel sufficient and it hurts, man. It hurts. It hurts to to bring that up, but that pain, that short-term pain prevents long-term anguish. So if there's any men out there that, you know, your wives listen to this, your girlfriend listen to this, and now you're listening to this. (laughs) know that your boy has become infinitely more successful and happy as a result of doing that hard work, man. It sucks. I'm not going to lie. It sucks. But you know what sucks more? Continuing on a damaging path that ruins people's lives, including yours, you know, and it's the best gift you can give your kids, homeboy. Oh, it's the best gift you can give your kids because I went to therapy. I get to stop cycles. I don't have to do the shit my dad and his grandfather did. You know, my dad was a great parent especially considering his parent was an alcoholic, you know? So my dad, considering what his upbringing, badass parent, so lucky, but you know, he made mistakes (laughs) just like we all do as parents. And now I don't have to do that because I got therapy and I become aware of myself, aware of myself. It helps me stop doing shit that I've habitually done. For example, I'm going to be real vulnerable with y'all. I run I, my instinct when I'm uncomfortable or exposed or vulnerable, because my deepest fear is that the real me is unlovable. I ran with that for so long. I ran with that for so long. And now I don't, I don't fear that as much because I'm with somebody who loves me for who I am. And that shit's awesome. But anyway, my, 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 my instinct though from conditioning is to run, run away. Let's leave. Let's get out of here. Let's flee the scene. Right. And since I've done therapy, I don't do that much anymore. And when I do do it, I catch myself. 
I catch myself. I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? Not a good decision. You know what happens when you do this. This leaves the other person very sad and hurt and thinking that you're going to dip every time conflict comes up. Right. So it's it's about imperfection, man. We're all flawed. And, and I'm here to tell you we're all fucked up. We're all so fucked up and it's OK. We can all be fucked up together, man. That's the cool thing. Like, I don't care about anybody's issues as far as like, I don't judge you for them. I don't, I don't judge because I don't judge myself anymore. You know, we meet people at the same level we meet ourselves. Right. And uh, therapy is a great way to love yourself more. It's investing in yourself. You sitting here spending $300 a, a week on protein and creatine and that shit's being wasted because your nutrition is trash. You might as well invest in some damn therapy, <laughs> you know? Look at it that way, man. Where's your money going now? Bullshit. <laughs> so invest in some fucking shit that's actually going to work. Anyway, that's my rant on therapy. If your boy is, if he's already invested in stuff, and this could look like couples therapy too. I th- I'm a big believer in couples therapy and being proactive about it. Not wait until your, your shit hits the fan, right? Let's be proactive. Let's get out in the open. Let's get uncomfortable. Yeah, it's in- uncomfortable. Of course, it's uncomfortable to talk about our problems to a stranger. But that leads to growth. That's the only way you're going to grow. You don't grow when you're comfortable, right? Does your man support you in your health? That's a big one. Does he support you in your health? Does he advocate for you going to the gym? Does he make time to watch the kids while you go do your thing at the gym? And vice versa, obviously. But mothers, let's let's be honest. Mothers carry the load. Mothers carry the load when it comes to the kids. You know? You do, you do, you do most of the shit we help like, and I hope, I mean, I hope we help, but you know, as much as we can help moms carry the load, it's just, it's just how it is. So does he, does he make time to watch the kids and do things so that you can have your physical fitness time? Right. That's important. Right. And not in a way where he's like, Hey, you need to get in shape. It's, it's more so like, I support your health. I support your long-term health, your longevity and you feeling sexy. Cause a big part of intimacy for women is you feeling sexy. Right. And it's hard to feel sexy if you're not ever able to go to the gym or work out. So does he do that? I hope he does. Does he have a vision? Does he have a vision? Does he, where does he want his life to go? Okay. This is the last one. I got to go get a haircut. Okay. Does he have clarity? Clarity is so important. Is your man clear on where he wants to go in life? If you ask me where I'm at in five years, I'll tell you right motherfucking now. I got two multi-million dollar companies. I've got a phenomenal, intimate, honest, open, uncomfortable, imperfect relationship. We've traveled the world. We have a giant house on land. I'm driving a, the car of my dreams. I am happy. I'm content without all those things, but I have them because I'm content without them. Ooh, there's a, there's a there's a good one. There's a paradox. Is he clear? Is he clarity? Who does he want to be? Does he know himself? Does he know where he wants to be in five years? And how that involves you, sit down with him. Sit down and have a conversation. Where do you both want to be in five years? Write it all out. Write it all out and 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 have clarity on that so you two can have a joint vision to work towards. Right? But does he know? Does he know where he wants to be? Does he have a plan? Or is he just kind of like going with the flow? Going with the flow is cool if you're happy and whole and you're in your you're you're content with your life because I'm huge about contentment I'm I'm big on contentment but does he have clarity on where he wants to go in life because you can have contentment and be grateful for what you have and create a bad that badass life that's what people don't realize they confuse contentment with complacency they think that if I can if I'm content with what I have I won't work work hard for more that's not true by being content with you with what you have you make room for much more 
Remember that a lot of men get caught in the hedonic cycle, which is once I have X, I'll be happy. Once I have X amount of money, once I have X amount of muscle, once I have X amount of whatever it is. And the reality is that's a never ending cycle. You just get X and then you move the goalposts. So the, 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 the truth is creating contentment with what you have now, being grateful for what you have now and the universe will see fit to give you more. Does he have clarity? Does he have clarity? Does he have a vision board? You don't have to have a vision board, but it's helpful to help kind of visually put it together, you know, where you want to go, what do you want to have? What do you want to do? Who are you, man? You know, I think that's important because if he has clarity, it, it get, clarity gives you direction. Clarity gives you actionable items to, to do every day, right? If you know where you want to go, then that makes every day more directed. You're not just kind of in the, in the stratosphere, just trying to find your way. Everything you're like, okay, I want X amount in my bank account. That means I got to do X, Y, Z. I want to feel, you know, I want to have this or I want to be here in my career. So that requires me to do X, Y, Z. Now I can structure my time accordingly to make time for X, Y, Z, right? I want to be here with my body. Therefore, I need to do X, Y, Z in order to achieve that result. So that means I need to prioritize this and deprioritize this. I, you know, and then, and, and, and your kids will follow that example. If you have kids, if you have kids, they'll follow that example. But it's super, super important, I think, to have clarity. A lot of people just don't – they don't lack discipline. They just lack clarity on where they want to be. You have the discipline. You just don't have direction. You don't have your compass. Clarity is your compass, y'all. That's all I got. I hope this was helpful. I appreciate you all so much for listening, and uh, have a powerful day, ladies. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.